But we'll read here in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free. But Christ is all and in all. We'll end a reading here at verse 11, and we pray that the Lord will add his own blessing to the public reading of his word. With the word of God open in our hands, let us lift our hearts again in prayer, looking to the Lord to break to us his precious word. Our loving Father, we do pray as we come to thy word that thou wilt give to us hearts that are receptive to the inerrant, the infallible word of the living God. What a privilege it is for us to have thy word in our mother tongue. And we pray, Lord, that thou wilt reveal thyself from this sacred page. We pray, O God, that we will behold the Lord and not another in the Scriptures this morning, and the Lord will draw all of our hearts and fix them, rivet them upon thyself. We know that it is recorded in the Song of Solomon that the bride sat under thy shadow with great delight, and thy fruit was sweet to her taste. O give to us a portion of her experience. We pray, Lord, that we might have that good part that Mary had when she sat at thy feet and heard thy word. O Lord, breathe upon us then by thy Spirit, and give the enablement that we so much need to bring forth the word. We ask it for the glory of thy name. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
Colossians chapter 3, and in verse 11, Paul is able to say, Christ is all. As far as the apostle was concerned, Christ was everything. There were those in Colossae who played up national entities. They highlighted cultural and social differences. But irrespective of whether a person was a Jew or Gentile by birth, irrespective of whether a person was a slave or a free man, Paul, he emphasizes that Christ is all to those who are truly his. There are many in the world this morning, and to them the Son of God is as a root out of a dry ground, having no form nor comeliness. They can see no beauty in him that they should desire him. But to those who believe, the Lord is precious. He is everything. These three words of our text are the essence of Christianity. Christ is all. This truth, how far does your heart go along with it? Is the Lord this morning everything to you? Is he your all in all? Oh, let us explore our text, looking at it from three angles. First of all, we will consider why Christ is all. Who can claim to be all? Only the one in whom the, the all fullness dwells. In chapter 1 of Colossians and verse 19, Paul can say, It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Look into chapter 2 and verse 9, where Paul emphasizes, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This word fullness It means the sum total of all that God is, all of his being and attributes. In chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul can say of the Lord that he is the image of the invisible God. The word image in the original It is the root from which we get our English word, icon. It means a precise copy, an exact reproduction. And Jesus Christ is the exact revelation of God. Hebrews 1 and verse 3 explains to us, that the Lord is the brightness of his Father's glory. 
He is the express image of the Father's person. This phrase, the express image, it represents the print left by a seal on the wax. Jesus Christ exactly mirrors God because in very essence, He is God. He is all that God is. He is our Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Christ eternally is and was and forever will be in all aspects, God in all his being and attributes. In Christ there is the fullness of wisdom, of love, and of power, the fullness of all that we need for now and for all eternity. Charles Wesley, he said, Thou, O Christ, art all I want, more than all in thee I find. Oh, we can never exhaust the fullness that is in the Lord. There's more than enough in him to meet all our needs. You can visualize the missionary in Brazil going down to the bank of the Amazon, the greatest river in the world. And you can see him dipping in his jar. The fullness of the river fills it. But the missionary's jar can never contain all the water of the Amazon. Nor can we contain the fullness that is in deity. But we are complete in the Lord. We see that in chapter 2 and verse 10. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We are filled full in him. Paul is able to say, Christ is all, for he is God of very God. But then secondly, we must ask, how is Christ all? He is all in salvation. Christ was the sum and the substance of Paul's preaching. Notice in chapter 1 and verse 28, he says of the Lord, whom we preach. He lived to preach Christ. But we see how earnestly he preached Christ. In verse 29 of chapter 1, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. He labored, he lived to preach Christ. 
Christ and him crucified. This is the message for Jew and Gentiles. Souls are born again, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And all must come to God through Christ. His righteousness is the only robe which can cover our sins. His blood is the only fountain in which our hearts black with sin can be washed whiter than the snow. His name is our only shibboleth at the gate of heaven. Our Christ is all in salvation. He's the mighty to save. And how many this morning can say, Upon a life I did not live, Upon a death I did not die, Upon his life, upon his death, I stake my whole eternity. Is that true of yourself? Are you in Christ enjoying his salvation? He is all in salvation. He is all in sanctification. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and the verse 30, the Scriptures tell us that Christ is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. He has made unto his people sanctification. And here in Colossians chapter 3, Paul is arguing for the setting apart of the Christian's life unto God. He is emphasizing the work, the ongoing work of sanctification in the believer's life. See how the chapter opens up in verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you have new life in Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Oh, here is sanctification, its work. In verses 9 and 10 of the chapter, Paul says to these believers in Colossae, Ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. The verb translated renewed has the idea in it of being constantly renewed. And this ought to be our abiding desire to become more like Christ. 
our lives bearing the stamp of his image. The Lord has sent his Spirit into our hearts to be a refiner's fire, to burn up the dross, to cause our lives to glow with his likeness, just like gold in the furnace. And this is the divine purpose in salvation, that we might be conformed to the Lord's own image. It's spelt out in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, what for? To be conformed to the image of his Son. This is the ongoing work of sanctification in each of our lives, conforming us to the image of Christ. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like him all through life's journey from earth to glory. All I ask is to be like him. He is all in salvation. He is all in sanctification. He is all in service. When Peter and the other disciples fished through the night, they caught nothing. John's Gospel, chapter 21 And verse 3, it tells us, Simon Peter said unto the others, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night, they were fishing in the night time, the most favorable time. And they caught nothing. They returned to shore in the morning with an empty net. It was a fruitless exercise. And they they had to say in verse 5, when the Lord asked, have you any meat? They had to answer him, no. But then in verse 6, the Lord said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And here's a vivid illustration of John chapter 15 and verse 5, when Jesus said, Without me ye can do nothing. The fishing expedition was transformed when the Lord took charge, when the Lord took command of the vessel. Such was the multitude of fishes, they were not able to draw the net. The Lord, you see, made the difference 
in this night of fishing. Jonathan and his armor bearer, they had a great victory over the Philistines. Oh, there were just the two of them, just the two, but they experienced a signal victory. And the secret of it all was this, that Jonathan wrought with God. After that battle, Saul put the people under oath not to eat any food until he had struck a decisive blow of his own against the Philistines. And Jonathan, unaware of his father's foolish law, he ate honey. And Saul, in a rage, he said, Jonathan shall surely die. The people rose to Jonathan's defense. And in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 45, they said unto Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who hath wrought this great salvation in Israel? God forbid, as the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he hath wrought with God this day. This was the secret of Jonathan's victory. He wrought with God. The secret of the disciples' fishing expedition, the Lord took command of the vessel. And all of this is teaching us that in service, Christ is all. We need the Lord's presence. We need the Lord's power. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Oh, may we come on Wednesday night to the house of prayer to seek the Lord, to lay hold on Him. For in the work here in Phoenix, or anywhere else in the world, we can accomplish nothing without the Lord. He is all in service. And we can say that he is all in the storms of life. In the words of John chapter 16 and verse 33, the Lord made it clear to his disciples in the world, Ye shall have tribulation. In the world, you will experience tribulation. We know that Job was a most godly man. He was an exemplary believer. He stood evil. He hated evil. There was none like him in all the earth. And that choice servant of the Lord, what trials, what storms 
swept into his life. He lost his health, his wealth, his posterity. He lost the confidence of his wife. He experienced tribulation in the world. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 to the believers scattered abroad, persecuted for the faith, he said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. You have had to flee for your lives. But do not count it a strange thing. Trials and tribulations are the common lot of God's people in this foreign alien world. We have a description of Christians in the world in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and the verse 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 2. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. The Christian is likened to a lily, a most frail and delicate flower. And where is it? It's among thorns. Those sharp, piercing thorns, they lacerate the beautiful lily. We remember Paul's affliction in, in, the, in the form of the thorn in the flesh. His sickness was like a thorn in the flesh. He felt the sharp, piercing edge. God has not promised Skies always blue, flowers strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light on the way, grace for the trial, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. The Lord will not leave us comfortless. He knows how to comfort us in all our tribulations. In the storms of life, the divine purpose for God's people is good. Romans 8 and verse 28. He will cause all things to work together for good to those that love him. 
In the storms of life, the divine presence is guaranteed. Hebrews 13 and verse 5, the Lord has promised that he will never leave nor forsake us. The Lord, the brother born for adversity, is the God of the hilltops, and he is also the God of the valleys. And in the darkest valley, I need fear no ill, for the Lord my shepherd will be with me still. He is all in the storms of life. And he is also all in the streets of glory. Like the altar in Solomon's temple, the Lord draws every eye in heaven. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6, John takes us into heaven. And he says, I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four base, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain. The Lord is in the midst. He's all the glory in Emmanuel's land. The verse 12 of Revelation 5 speaks of the glorified, saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He is all in the glory. In all of these ways, Christ is all. But then lastly, we think of what are the implications. Christ is all. What are the implications then? If Christ is all, then make him all in your affection. Here in Colossians 3, in the second verse, we are exhorted, set your affection, all of it, the totality of it, set your affection on things above. If Christ is all, if you are complete in him, then love him more than all besides. The Puritan said, Christ is not loved at all till he is loved above all. It's said of the woman who anointed the Lord's feet in the Pharisee's house, she loved much. Oh, may you and I love him with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength. May he be more and more precious to us as the days go by. Make him all in your affection. Make him all in your adversity. When everything around you is discouraging, encourage yourself in him who is all. When your wants and losses are crushing, 
When all fails, rejoice in him who is your all. It was a most trying situation that David faced. The rebellion of his son, the son of his love, Absalom. In Psalm 61 and the second verse, at that time of great trial, David said, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He was crushed. He was overwhelmed by all that Absalom's rebellion brought his way. But he said in that time of great trial, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The Lord is the rock in life's storm. He's the strong tower of his people. And we can run into him and find safety in him. Make Christ all in your ambitions. Do all to his glory. This was the Alpha and Omega of Paul's life, its beginning and end. In Philippians 1 and verse 20, Paul expressed this desire that Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ. He sought to magnify the Lord, to live to his honor. Daniel put his finger on the blot in the life of Belshazzar, In Daniel chapter 5 and verse 23, the God in whose hand thy breath is and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified? Belshazzar missed the mark. Oh, do not live a misspent life. Do all to the glory of God. Live magnifying the Lord each day of your life. Make Christ all in your acceptance with God. Christ is all, and men and women are undone who face God, who go out into eternity. Without Christ, there's nothing for the soul that despises the Lord, that rejects him. Nothing but judgment and fiery indignation. Christ is all. Only his worthy merits, his blood shed so freely, can redeem your soul from hell's destruction. He alone can heal 
your soul's diseases. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, flee to him. Do not wait until you are his and he is yours. For it is only those who have the Son have life. Those who do not have the Son of God, they do not have life. The wrath of God abideth on them. Oh, may you seek the Lord with all your heart this morning, repenting of your sin, turning, breaking off with your sin. The only hope that Jacob had of seeing Joseph's face in Egypt was by sending Benjamin. Benjamin, the son of the right hand. And the only hope that you and I have of seeing God is through saving faith in the Son of the right hand. Christ is all in your acceptance with God. If not saved, receive him now. Have saving faith in Christ. Obey the gospel, and then Christ will be all, and you will be complete, filled full in him. May the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts. Let us bow together, please, in prayer. Our gracious God, our loving Father, how we praise thee this morning for thy well-beloved Son, for the one who came and clothed himself with flesh and blood. And we know, Lord, that in thine incarnation thou didst not cease to be God. Lord, thou could say, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. We know our Father to meet our spiritual need that thou didst lay help upon one who is mighty, one who is all, who is everything to those who know him. And all we pray that thou wilt help us, Lord, in our service to look to thee. Help us, O Lord, in the storms of life to run to thee, the one who can say to the winds and the waves, peace be still. And we pray, Lord, that in our ambitions we will determine to live to thy glory. Help us like C.T. Studd to say, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. Help us, Lord, to live to thy glory, for me to live 
is Christ. We pray that we will be consumed not by this world, but consumed by living for Christ, living for the world to come. May our affection be set on things above. Lord, bless all who are bowed in thy presence. And we pray if there are those who are strangers to thee and to thy grace, that they will come just as they are and receive by faith thy so great salvation so that they too will be complete in thee. Abide with thy people as we meet around thy table. O reveal thyself to us beyond the bread and the wine. We pray that we will see the one whom our sins pierced. We know, Lord, that when the disciples on the evening of thy resurrection, when they beheld thy side and thy feet, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Oh, give us something of that experience as we remember thee around thy table. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.